Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, and man, great to be back. We I just returned from a board meeting for the Chimney Safety Institute of America, and we uh, we had our planning meeting for the year, and it's always great to be around other business owners and thinkers, and it's it's kind of like a you know, a free for all of open thoughts and ideas. And it, it really is invigorating to be around people that are really trying to do good for an industry and trying to come with our best ideas and our, you know, most out there ideas and our, you know, what will help the people the most, what will, you know, push the needle. And it's always great to be in a group of people that think that way. And, uh, you know, one thing that I, you know, always learn in great groups of people, there are, you have to be, it's kind of like doing improv when, if you've ever heard of somebody doing improv, what you do is, you know, when somebody says something, says a line, and then if you're going to pick up from that, you go, yeah, and then you did this. And then when you finish that line, the other person goes, yeah, and then we did that. The, the killer in improv is when somebody says no. So if I say this thing and say, no, that's not right, it just kills, it can kill improv. So that's kind of how ideas are, you know, especially in the early phases is don't kill the ideas with no. Now, sometimes, you know, you have to sit back and at some point realize the negative and we're good at that. But I really love the open kind of playing in the sandbox with ideas. We had goals that we all wrote, wrote goals that we thought would be in our mission statement, you know, follow our mission and achieve some goals that we had. So that was super fun. Love that and love uh, volunteering for that organization. And I hope some great things come out of it. This week, I wanted to talk about, you know, kind of limit, you know, what the biggest limiting belief that I ever had in business was. You know, last couple of weeks I did one on counterintuitive things that kind of proved to be good. This is kind of limiting beliefs thing that would hurt hurt me in my business. Maybe they hurt you too. I'm going to talk about some of my personal things that I believed that were wrong. And then I want to just talk about some general beliefs that people have that when I'm a consultant or I, I'm not really a coach. I don't do ongoing coaching so much. I do have one client that... We're doing phone calls. We're getting ready to start phone calls, and I'm looking forward to that. But I really am not a coach. I really don't, can't do ongoing things. I've got too many other things I've got going on right now, and I'm just not a good coach. But this is my coaching for the week, uh, you know, this podcast. But it's not specific, and so some people need specific ideas. But um, I want to talk about limiting beliefs and also what my clients have have told me and then we kind of talk through them and kind of how we would work through limiting beliefs because this whole thing your whole life is made up of your beliefs it really is it's 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 the realization of what you believe has come to fruition and a lot of people don't think that way they think it's just how life has happened to them but I promise you uh, you have more to do with how your life turned out than just happenstance and just 
what the world gave you. It's, it's your decisions of to do things or not to do things, to take risk or not take risk, you know, to start a business or start a job, to stay in that job even when it was bad, to stay in, you know, anything where you are in life, where you are right now, listen to this podcast is a culmination of all your decisions in your whole life. Where you're sitting at right now when you're listening to this is all those decisions have put you right where you are right now. And that can be a great place. Or if you sit there and go, man, I don't like where I am right now. I mean, of course, not literally stuck in traffic or something, but truly your decisions got you stuck in traffic to stay in that town or move to that town, to get up at that time of the morning and to drive where you're going, to be in the car you've got or riding a bike. You know, those are all your decisions have gotten you to where you are right now. So understand that your decisions moving out of this can also get you to someplace different. So my limiting beliefs talk, um, my very, very biggest limiting belief, I'm just going to start with the biggest one that hurt me for the longest time in two different businesses was that, well, I'll separate them. My first limiting belief was that I couldn't build a big chimney business. Now, I didn't sit there and think, oh, I can't build it. I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't see that it could ever happen. It was before I started going to conventions and getting around other chimney people. It was before it was really kind of when I was in my own world that how could you build something very big? You know, the biggest I could see was one or two trucks, and I've talked about this many times, but that limiting limiting belief just then it, it goes it, it really messes with all of your decisions you know if you can't believe you're gonna the build something then all you do is look for maybe somebody to help you and then maybe that guy pushes you to get another truck and he gets to run something maybe but at the time the guy that i was with didn't really want to run his own truck he was just kind of hanging out with me he's more my friend than anything we just had fun working together every day and that was just it you know that was just as big as the business was going to get and I wasn't pushing the business. I didn't really think there was much to it. And I was also wanting to play music. So my my belief that something else was going to happen to me other than in the chimney business was those couple things were just making me stay stagnant for a long time. When I look back at it, I'm thinking, my goodness, you really stayed. I wasn't stagnant. I was doing a lot of other things. But in, chim- in the chimney, moving the chimney needle was 17 years of basically one and two trucks, sometimes a third truck, but that was pretty much it. And, you know, I talk about it a lot, but, you know, I finally saw something that sparked in me that showed that I could do something very different. And that was the catalyst that totally changed my belief. And then once I believed that I could build something bigger, I didn't have to have all the answers right there. I just knew that all my decisions from that day forward were going to link to uh, go that way. So, you know, if it if it was, do I need to hire another person? I'm so busy. Yes, I need to hire another person. Okay, there's a good. It used to be funny. I would drive down the road, and whenever I'd see a cheap white van alongside the road, like for sale, that was like. I don't know, like an ice cream truck to me. I'm like, oh, cheap white van. That's what I love. I love cheap white vans. You know, forever I'd buy like $5,000 vans 
and put my letters on them. And man, that was a bargain. I bought so many $5,000 vans to, and that was just, so my brain switched to, okay, I need a van. That's an asset. I need an extra van as a backup because these things are junk and they're breaking down. And I, my, my brain started looking for those kind of deals. And then, um, so then I started growing the business. Now, just the belief that you can grow it, you will grow it. I mean, you will start making those decisions. You will start making the investments in certain things. You'll start saying the words at certain, you know, to certain people and, uh, everything can start to move that way. You know, there's a book, you know, several years ago and it's, it's to me full of a lot of crap, but it's called the secret. It was one of the best sellers and most probably most people have heard of that. And I read it. And the, the, the one truth about that book is that when you put something out there in the universe, what it says, it doesn't really talk about God or anything like that, but in the universe, the universe will grant you whatever you really focus on every day. Now, the problem with that book is that just because you say it out there doesn't mean it's coming to you. It's it's what you say. And then, as my friend Larry Wingett says, what you say and then get off your ass and do something about comes about. Right. So you can't just say it in the world and wish, you know, something's going to happen for you. No. But in your day to day life, if you're making stuff happen, you go, you know, I'm, I'm going to grow this business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you just always believe that and put that out there. Uh, it, it can come true. And especially if you write the goal down, you know, there's all kinds of studies. And I think I've talked about it before too, on the show that there was a Harvard study many years ago that showed People, the difference in, in success of the people who wrote their goals down and who didn't. And basically, 83% of people don't write down goals. If you don't write down goals, there's a, such a good chance that what you think is going to happen. Well, you don't have a goal, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, so 83% of people don't write down goals at all. 14% of the people have uh, had the goals in their mind and they knew what they wanted. And then only 3% of the people wrote it down. So who in this, what do you do? A limiting belief would be that you don't believe goals are necessary or goals need to happen. I can promise you that you're completely wrong. But here's the difference in, in how successful people were with the different goal strategies. Okay, the 14% of the people who actually had a goal in their mind but didn't write it down were 10 times more successful than the people who did not even write down a goal or have a goal. 10 times more successful in this study. But then the 3% who actually wrote it, wrote it down were three times more uh, successful than the people who had it in their brain, just had it in their mind. So a limiting belief is that goals don't don't matter. I can promise you that was wrong for me too. I just thought just work harder, work harder, work harder and good things will come. Doesn't work that way at all. I mean, work harder gets you to get, be able to do more and more work. And then, you know, but maybe the goal is a date of retirement. Maybe the goal is a certain amount of money in the bank. Maybe the goal is a certain amount of trucks on the road or a certain amount of employees or a certain amount of gross, you know, or ideally amount of, of uh, saying gross profit, but ideally the best thing is the amount of net profit you want every year as a percentage. 
and, and or even as a number. But I, for years, was were working on what go- percentage I want on the bottom versus what growth number I want on the top. So, again, limiting belief is what you can do with a business. And then clearly writing down goals with what you want from it. Now, I'm guilty of not always writing down goals until I get something established. And I'll give you an example. My chocolate business right now for Poppy and Peep, I don't have a lot of goals right now because we are in the developing stages. And I'm not saying I shouldn't. I'm just telling you that I don't, but I will. I mean, clearly we had a big goal of going to the schools. We had a big goal of getting the business launched and open and goals that did happen. We clearly have goals for it, but I'm not putting pressure on money right now for that business. We've got some things in place that money is not, we don't have to be focused, solely focused on that. So we can do a lot more, a lot more different kinds of development when you're not really focused on the bottom dollar right now. You're focused on more kind of like what I said before, kind of sandbox stuff. Yeah, let's try that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's talk to this company. Yeah, let's try to do this for them. And there's not a lot of no's, you know. I mean, sometimes, you know, my daughter probably has more no's than I do, she, well, stuff she doesn't want to do. But overall, I'm I'm into everything right now. And then we'll we'll sharpen the pencil later and do some things. But the other limiting belief that's kind of hard to explain, but it's walls and barriers that everybody puts up. And you've, you've got them put up. Everybody puts them up all around you where you think something is real, but it, when you start to push on it, it isn't. Or when you actually just bust through it, it's like a, a wow, why didn't I do that a long time ago? An example I have is for years... In town, in, in, in Nashville, we did chimney work, but I I got a lot of referrals from a big hearth shop here in Nashville, and they gave us tons of referrals every day. And in fact, they gave me enough referrals that it, it really filled up one of my trucks full time. Great relationship, really great group of people, and I loved that thing. Well, after a while, they were really specialists in gas, and I was specialist in wood burning and wood installations and restoration. So I never really did much with gas logs or, you know, gas fireplaces or anything. But the the industry was changing, and more and more people were going to gas appliances and less and less wood burning. And they were asking us to do the work. So I was starting to buy some of the some products from them and doing it, but they said, Hey, you know, we don't want to be referring you, you know, to do the chimney work. And then you kind of steal the gas log installation from us. Um, and so, yeah, I said, I understand. Um, but I kept telling them, I said, you really need to build up your service department. Cause I only had one truck running, maybe two, but they were huge. They could have had five or 10 service trucks running. They were always booked out six weeks to two months. And we were getting more and more questions to do it. And they said, hey, don't don't get into gas or we'll have to stop referring you. So for me as a business owner, that was pretty serious because they referred us three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars of work a year. And now I'm going to take a risk and cut that relationship off. And I finally told them, I said, guys, I 
I'm going to have to get into gas. That's where the industry is moving. You guys are not moving your uh, you know, service division up to take care of it. Other people are doing it, so I'm going to do it. Well, sure enough, I jumped into it, and they cut off the referrals. And we, they started referring other chimney companies. But they also changed their policy that they were no longer going to service gas logs from any man if they didn't install them they weren't going to service them and they found out we would service any gas log so next thing you know they weren't referring anybody else for gas logs they'd never done that because they didn't want to build up another company but they stopped servicing all these other brands that were out there or if they bought them from lowe's or home depot or any place else they weren't going to service them they started pushing them all over to us. <laughs> well, that's a bigger market than they ever did of the stuff that they serviced or would service. And they just launched our our gas log our gas service department and and it became bigger than um than even the referrals they gave to us on the chimney side then we changed a policy we had about how we do gas service, and it absolutely blew up. And they also have a wholesale division. We became their single biggest customer on their wholesale division by far. I mean, we were buying $100,000 worth of gas products a month. And they, um, it was just a limiting belief. They said, don't you guys do this. It's going to hurt us. I finally decided, no, we're going to have to do it. And it helped both of us. They got a huge win on the backside. We got a win on the front side. And we both thought we were doing the right thing by, hey, you don't jump into this space or you're going to hurt us. So another huge limiting belief that this wall was necessary and this wall was good. My dad put up the very first wall I ever had in business. Don't do it. Went through it, had to do it. Another wall that I'll never forget that came up early on was um, a guy I knew and respected had a pretty decent sized heating and cooling company. And I told him I was going to be doing chimneys. Again, I'm a 19, 18, 19 year old kid, so he doesn't think I know anything. And he's like, yeah, how much you charge for sweeping a chimney? Like $55. He's like, yeah, okay. He's like, you're never going to drive a Cadillac. I'll never forget that. You're never going to drive a Cadillac, but you know, you could probably make a living. And I had no reason to think that he wasn't right, but it just stuck in my head that you couldn't do it. That, that stupid idea stuck in my head for a very long time, 17 years. And I can still hear it today when he told me that he just kind of crushed me just a little bit, but also, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes somebody will crush you with, you're like, I'm going to prove them wrong. He wasn't a huge driving force in my life, but there's just one of those nagging little things that, that uh, I think you might be wrong about this, but you know, what wall, what wall are you putting up, you know, in your life that you can't get through? What wall around, you know, I can't do this or I can't. I remember I was consulting with a chimney company out in California. And when we did a study for him about where, the, you know, the best business was, where the new blood was, where, you know, you could go was in this one area. And he goes, well, you know, you have to cross this this bridge to get there. And we were all like, yeah, but that's where the money is. He's like, yeah, but that bridge, you know, it just it kills you. I'd have to go across that bridge. And in his mind, he always drew a line at that bridge, that was the end of his service zone. 
And finally, we're like, what, are there trolls under that bridge? It looks like there's a gold mine on the other side of that bridge that you're not willing to go to. Finally, we convinced him to do it. And getting to the bridge was tough in California with time and traffic and everything. So we end, you know, end up putting somebody that got remote located out from there. And sure enough, it was the, it, over several years later, it became a huge part of his business just to think about that bridge differently. So what do you have in your brain that you just can't get through? Is it, you know, what is the limiting factor belief wall that is up that I bet I could push on it and question it? And, and man, I can tell I can tell you that the biggest breakthroughs I've had are on those walls that I think are real that aren't. So another limiting belief I had was I needed people to like me to be able to want to follow me and and be in my business and for me to be a leader and for me just to be a person. I believe that you had to have people, you had to just make sure people liked you and you never were argumentative or you never were holding people accountable. And I believe that I needed to do that first to do anything else I wanted to do. And, and there's that's not necessarily bad, but I can tell you that it's a limiting belief because that's actually not how you grow fastest and have the most people follow you. You have the most people follow you by being decisive, being a good leader, being fair, being equitable, being a good human, being kind, but also having an edge to you that will stand up for the right thing and not worry about if people like it or not. You'll go through that fire. You will take the arrows in your back. That is what people will follow and get behind, not the guy that's just nice and wishy-washy and never says anything wrong or never confronts anybody. You know, it's so funny. To, I'm in a Facebook argument today, and that's one of my other dumb as real things. I'm going to get to it. But I'm in an argument with a guy, and he called me a, he called me a pretty bad name. And I'm like, I just started laughing. At one point in my life, it would hurt me. But at this point, I just cracked up because I'm like, I got to him. I, I felt like I won. When he had to break down to name calling, I felt like I just won the argument. I would have never thought that before. And in fact, now I know that I have to have haters and people pushing back. That means I'm pushing on something that probably needs to be pushed on in some ways. So again, the limiting belief was that people need to like you and in order to respect you, in order to follow you. And that's that was really wrong. Once I... Now, don't get me wrong. I do want people to like me, of course. I don't want people to hate me. Or, but that's not first now. That's not the first thing that I need to have happen. I want to build a relationship over time, clearly be fair, equitable, um, decisive, uh, understanding, uh, show grace, all that stuff, all the good human stuff. Yeah, you got to do it. But you also got to go through the fire and make the hard decisions. And and you got to not always worry about what it's going to hurt for some people because some people need to be set straight. Some people need to have some pain in their life. They It actually is a turning point for them. You know, I'm going to, I talk about all the time, some bad stuff that happened for me that maybe somebody did for me, but I learned from it. So sometimes you doing something or setting somebody straight or even embarrassing them makes them go, yeah, you know what? Um, that, that person may be right. You know, I, I talk about Larry a lot because I've been around him a lot. And we, he tells, talks about a story. The reason he became decided to become 
wealthy was because he just didn't want to be poor anymore. He has a funny saying. He says, uh, we weren't dirt poor, but we were really dusty. And he has a story that one day in school, this kid embarrassed him. And he said, dang, wing it. Don't you have more than one pair of jeans? And You wear those same jeans every day. And Larry, it was true. Larry only had one pair of jeans. And he didn't really think anybody noticed. But the kids did notice. He wore the same jeans every day. And he was so embarrassed and humiliated. He thought from that day on, he will never not have money and be able to buy clothes. And if you know anything about Larry, he's a really fancy dresser. And he really, I mean, he had a boot rack in his house. It was like 2,500 pairs. I shouldn't say that. The the Each pair was about $2,500. There were hundreds of pairs on this in this room of custom, beautiful boots and and you know, always a very, very nice dresser. And also now his son is a huge designer. And all that came from a, a smart aleck kid kind of saying the truth, but embarrassing him. And, you know, right now we don't, we worry about people bullying people and being saying hard words to them. Sometimes you need to say the hard words to somebody. Sometimes you need to flat out embarrass them and it help. it will actually help them. So, Again, you know, needing people to like me was a limiting belief. So I'm going to turn this around on the last couple minutes of limiting beliefs I've seen from other people, and then I'm going to have a dumb as real. So other limiting beliefs, time, money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I'm too young. I'm too old. My spouse won't let me or my race. Those are limiting beliefs that are, that can all hold you back. And time we all have the same amount of time i bet if i get in would get into your daily routine i'd find time for you to build a business and i talked about it a few weeks ago about the eighth day there is time we all have the same amount of time it's ha- what you do with it and then the other part of your time that you may be wasting is doing stuff you shouldn't be doing changing your own oil mowing your own grass um you know, writing checks for your employees, doing your accounting, uh, you know, answering your phone sometimes as a business owner, going to Home Depot and getting all the stuff. If you consider yourself worth a hundred to two hundred dollars an hour, why would you be going to Home Depot in the brickyard every day picking stuff up? Why wouldn't you have somebody that you pay twenty bucks an hour or whatever the number is to go do that? You know, and 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 use your time wisely you know you you, we all got the same amount of time right but how do you use it that's the biggest limiting belief is that you have to do something to save money almost never the case age i'm too young i'm too old you know i started this business when i was very young i would i probably wouldn't take the advice of 18 year old mark stoner right now as 53 year old mark stoner but man the kid was right the kid was on to something and i have to always respect that 18 19 year old kid brain that looked at this business and said i can do that you know i have to respect that kid now you know he may he screwed up along the way but all those decisions again put me here where i am today and you know my age 
was I remember going into people's houses and they didn't believe what I was saying. And sometimes I hire young technicians and they have a hard time believing something that, you know, they're too young for something, but you're not too young and you're not too old. There's tons of stories of people who are in there. I think Alan Rickman, who was in, um, you know, like Die Hard and he was also in, you know, Harry Potter and all that. I think he didn't start acting until he was like 47 or something. And I mean, all kinds of stories. It's everybody started. A lot of people started very late. You know, Sam Walton didn't start Walmart till he was fifty nine. And so, don't give me that. Don't give me you're too young or too old. It's all about your energy level. If you've got energy and you want something different, I don't care how old you are. If you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk at all, he's like fifty. Man, you're you're in your prime to do stuff. That is the time when you got wisdom, power, influence. Man, fifty is prime to start businesses, and I I could not agree more. So spouse, there's limiting spouse beliefs, limiting spouse to do stuff. The best advice I can give on this, if a spouse is in the way, is to bring them along for the ride and help them see the vision. And, it, and there's a book out there, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I recommend it. It helps, it helps with those conversations. It helps with how you bring people along, even talk to your spouse about what you want. And, you know, maybe you screwed up in the past and that's why your spouse doesn't believe in you. And, you, you know, you always say you're going to do something and you don't. And this is just another one of your harebrained ideas that you're going to do and it's going to mess everything up. Well, maybe you got a bad track record. You maybe you need to start small and and bring them along. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this little thing and see how it works. But full focus on success and full focus on making sure stuff happens. And you're not just going to drop it and prove her right or him right. And then race. You know, we're in the middle of this big race thing. I think it's a it's it does have some. There's definitely some realities in it, but I do not believe it's a limiting factor in your success. I think the biggest limiting factor in your success is your brain and not anything else. And it's definitely not your skin color. You can have all kinds of, all kinds of headwind against you. And you, there's all kinds of success from people who have that. So race is not, unless you let it be, unless you let your, your age, your time, your money, your race, your whatever is, yeah, if you think that's a limiting factor, no matter what it is, you're right. So get over it. Get, get through it. Drive through it. Don't let it be that. I had a friend of mine. A black friend of mine, lifelong friend. We used to wrestle in high school together, been friends our whole life. I was at his wedding and great guy. He, um, he's always happy. He's always doing stuff. And there was a commercial out. I think I can't remember who it's by. It's a new commercial and it shows a, a black man and he walks into a place and white people kind of don't look at him. And then white people kind of let the elevator shut on him. And then a white mom pulls her you know, pulls her kid to the side and says, you know, tries to get him away from the black man that's coming in. I thought, oh, he's in a pool. And then some white guys look at him and don't, don't get in the pool. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't buy it. So I sent it to my friend. I said, man, is this, is this how your life is? Is this real? He said, man, it's only real if you want it to be real. He said, I wish 
these people would walk around this town with me every day. Drive around with me. And I, if you listen, Jeff Jenkins, and if anybody knows Jeff Jenkins, they'll know, they'll know what I'm talking about. That guy lights up people's lives. When he walks into a room, the place goes crazy, and he has always had this charm his whole life. He was the president of our class, 1985. Jeff Jenkins was the class president. And Jenkins just lights up a room, and he has all kinds of people that you just love to talk to the guy. You will smile the whole time. He He's so just great. He said, have those people walk around with me, and I, that's what you get, right? Life is a mirror of you. And he is just a joy and he gets joy out of life. And he's been saying a lot on Facebook recently, and I really appreciate him coming out and saying stuff and 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 standing up for what he believes and showing people, you know, how what he what his life is like. And when he said that, to me, he said, have these people walk around with me one day. You'll see what it is. And I come from a town in Indiana that it is probably, you know, 97% white. There's not, it's not very many black people, but I swear, I just never, I never saw that he was never treated. And he, even in his own words, that's, it's not right. So again, don't let things be in your way. Don't let limiting beliefs. You again, you have the power. You have the ability to go through things, um, to press on the walls. And when they say you can't do this, I bet you can. I, I think most rules are not rules; they're more like guidelines. So now I'm going to uh, go into. Well, let me just recap on the biggest limiting factors. One, in my brain, I couldn't build a big business. Couldn't build a big chimney business. Two walls and situations that I thought were real were not real with like gas division, gas logs. Three, people needed to like me. That was a big limiting factor. And four, time, money, age, spouse, race, all those are, they're movable, they're changeable, and they are definitely limiting if you let them be that way. Lastly, dumb is real. My gosh, I got two dumb is reals this week. Um, the first one is Facebook arguments. I don't know why I get into this and I just get mad and I feel like I got to offend somebody and I got to get into it with somebody. You know what? Facebook arguments, they just don't ever change anybody's mind. And I don't know why I do it. I just feel like I got to stand up for what I believe. And it's just so dumb. And then t like today, I felt like I had the perfect argument. So back when masks were first being talked about, a friend of mine posted a picture with him in a mask. Okay, cool. And then the, these people, and he's conservative, so people on the left jumped on and said, you know, masks don't work that way. You only need to wear a mask if you're sick. You know, you don't need to wear one. And they like were laughing at him. That, And then this mask expert on the left said, you don't need to do it. There's no proof in it. You know, well, people do not need to wear them. Only if you're sick should you wear them. I mean, he's this expert, you know, had all these credentials, and I'm going back and forth. Well, I've heard it, you know, it can kind of help both ways. And all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, you handle the mask, it'll be dirty, and spread more by touching it on the outside and fiddling with it. And Okay. Here we are. Literally, I think it's 20 weeks later. My friend posts something about not wearing masks. You know, he's like, you're going to get it and blah, blah, blah. And this guy just goes off on it. Well, then let's just have your family get it first. And, you know, he is really onto this mask thing. When 
And then I, so I posted, hey, five minutes ago, which was an exaggeration, I remember you arguing the exact opposite thing. Uh, and then I literally clipped his post and my argument back and showed it to him. Oh my, so I thought it's just a perfect thing because it's him, you know, just changing, you know, the rhetoric with the, with the political or with the media. Of course, he would not take that. He called me a bad name and says, I'm trying to attack him personally. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? How can you be right both times? When I took the other side of it and said, hey, masks might help. And you said it was wrong. And now I'm like, man, I'm not sure masks are the thing. And I, you can't be right both times. And it was just, you can't win on Facebook. Dumb is real number one. Don't even try. Better off just pictures of dogs and barbecues is probably the best thing you can do. Secondly, Masks had another situation today, just so crazy. We're changing out a fireplace in somebody's house. My guys arrive with masks on. There's three of them. They've got to come in. They got to pull out a prefabricated fireplace and all the pipe, and you know, then they get that all out of the house and they put the new fireplace in. And it's just a hot job. It's hard. There's three of them. Pull, you know, they come in and out of the house several times with masks on. And then the guy, the guy, it's a nasty house, cat pee, just dirty, just nasty. It's actually an apartment complex. The guy's chit-chatting him, talking to him and all that, no problem. He doesn't have a mask on. And then he, then my guys come in and are working in this really hot area called a chase. And this guy sits down on his couch and he, now he has his masks on. My guys are in the chase, and they pulled their masks down to talk and breathe. It's super hot. And they came back in with their masks kind of down. Either they forgot about them or they were still having a hard time breathing. And the guy's just sitting there talking to them, chatting them up, and, you know, then they, they think they're done, and they leave. Well, come to find out, this guy's videotaping them, and he sends a videotape of us not having masks on, like, to the Metro cops or something. And I'm like... You gotta be kidding me. We were wearing, it was either an accident oversight or, but why wouldn't the guy just say, Hey, would you mind putting your mask back up if the guys forgot him down? And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to take responsibility off of them, but it's almost like a gotcha moment. He was videotaping my guys and they didn't know it. They were wearing masks most of the time. And for a little bit while they were hot and sweaty, they pulled them down. All he had to do was ask him, why would you just be nice to us and then send it to the cops or send it to the metro government? I, again, I, I'm really not afraid of anything. I don't think anything's going to happen, you know, if nothing else. Here's the other thing I told my guys. I said, hey, our protocol is to wear them. You know the protocol. If you choose to change the protocol or not do it, that actually can come back and bite you personally. So just wear the things till we get through this. Don't make up your own rules. So those are my those are my dumb is real things, masks and Facebook arguments. All right, guys, that's my time. I hope you have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.